You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Time for 49ers Rush Podcast. And here's your host, John Chapman. What is going on, Faithful? I am so pumped today. If you can see the gentleman next to me, the great Johnny Dales, which I just finished his latest installment. It is incredible. We're going to be jumping into 49er scheme, some of those rough questions, and I'm hoping we get a little dialogue here. Johnny how are you doing despite the game this past week? Despite the game, we're doing pretty well. It is a beautiful day in Alabama, at least my section of Alabama. We're not affected by the hurricane. It is 68 degrees outside, Ooh. not a cloud in the sky, 20% humidity. It is a beautiful Alabama fall day. So, you know, that is where my mind is and not on what happened Sunday night. <sighs> It, it was not a beautiful night. Um, you know, I, I was I was lucky enough to be at the game in Denver. And shout out to the city of Denver. Absolutely incredible time. Fans were wonderful. Uh, lots of, you know, just good arguments and banter back and forth. But, man, you, you just walked away from that game just being mad. Like, you left so many opportunities out there. I was so angry. Um, has there been a point yet for you? I know you just finished your breakdown. Have have you have you gone across the hill? Uh, are are you are we okay now? Um, I don't I don't know where are you at. Just kind of how you feel about the team. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those that for me, I have to take a step back and say, okay, is this the team, or is is this a really bad showing of the team? And it's hard in the early part of the season when we haven't had a lot of good to say, okay, this team is really good. And you don't want to live too much on 2021. You don't want to live too much on 2019 and say, well, you know, this is a better team than this because we really don't know. The team is different from year to year. Um, to me, 
the the game that we saw and the reactions afterwards uh is reminds me a lot of the Colts game last year. Oh. It really does. Um because I'm hurt. I mean, yeah, that game hurt. It was a game we were supposed to win. It was a game that was going to be us getting back in our groove and making a playoff push. And it was a miserable game, a game that we should have won. You feel like we should have won, but there were so many missed opportunities. Jimmy Garoppolo did not play well against the Colts last year, and he really didn't play well against the Broncos on Sunday night. It reminds me of that after that, after that game, I remember I went on a podcast and we were talking and it was like, this could be the end of the Shanahan era as you were, we were looking at it. Like, I mean, if, if the season continued on that way, were you, would you trust Kyle Shanahan from that point? And they turned the season around after that. Um, but we're seeing the same noise. Now we're seeing the Shanahan needs to go noise. We're seeing that Jimmy Garoppolo is who he is and he needs to go noise, which, I mean, I get it, but the other side, it's like, well, they tried to replace him that uh, that plan has not worked out um so it is what it is at this point but the noise feels the same the disappointment feels the same the vitriol from the fans feels the same yeah i i think you're right and, and again like the 49ers are really good at you know establishing this hope and excitement and optimism only to come out and just like clip you at your knees uh and just take it out quick but we we've seen this now. 2019 was different. You go nine and zero. That's an anomaly, right? Like, that's just doesn't happen in the NFL. But this team is made to get into the playoffs, to have success, to be a playoff type team. You just gotta wait and allow it to kind of build and steamroll. And you know, one of the things that I, I think I left with, which again, I think that you voiced this very very well on your last breakdown. Bad on bad. Uh, was the phrase that you continue to use. So walk us through a little bit as you were going through the film, which I just finished all the defensive film. So I've gone through every offensive snap, defensive snap, still have special teams, hoping to get through later today. But bad on bad, Johnny. Uh, help us understand what that was and why you just kept saying it because I, I, I agree completely. It, it was just mistakes compounding mistakes. And you, you stop, at some point you got to put down the shovel. And that's what we didn't do. We kept picking the shovel up and digging a hole. Um, a per the perfect example of that would be the the fumbled snap by Jake Brendel. Okay, so he goes on one, and and Kyle Shanahan confirmed this. I still see fans arguing about this. That's Jimmy's fault. You go, Kyle Shanahan confirmed this, and you can see it on the film. the The team goes on one, he goes on two. You lose the snap. Okay, you that ruins the best special teams play we had all night, you know, as far as offensively, we had an 18 yard punt return. We're, we're almost in field goal range in a game where three points is the difference maker. You're going, okay, we're at midfield. We're playing the field position game. It's just about inching your way towards, you know, some sort of scoring opportunity. You have that, you fumble the snap. Okay. Well, all right. Defense holds. But what does that lead to? That leads to Denver pinning us inside the two-yard line. Okay, yeah. that only happens because Brendel fumbles a snap. Okay, okay, okay. Well, you're inside the two-yard line. That, to me, when, when you're in that situation as an offense, you say, we're going to run it three times or two times and see if we can get some room to throw the ball. 
you know, something because there's so many bad things that can happen when you pass backed up against your own goal line. I mean, you can have a hold in the end zone. That's a safety. You know, that's, that's, you can have your quarterback run out of the end zone. Um, Which was the best option, uh, sadly, uh, somehow. You could have another fumbled snap and now it's a touchdown. I mean, there's so many things that go, that can go wrong in when you start trying to throw, you can have a pick, you can have, you know, an incomplete pass. And now you're sitting there third and long from your own two yard line, just trying to create room for your punter. Cause if you're on your own two, now you have a high chance of your punt being blocked. I mean, there's so many things that can go wrong, but you're backed up on your own two. And then you decide to call a blind rollout play action pass. I mean, that was what I don't understand. I understand maybe a quick pass. I understand, um, you know, something maybe out of a shotgun play action pass, but you're asking your quarterback to have a blind rollout on your own two yard line on a play that normally is like a seven step, seven yard deep drop back. I mean, you're going, you're putting him mo- closer to the, the, the back of the end zone than the goal line from the snap like from just the play as he's ran it for four years, you know, five years, like I don't get the play call at some point, put down the shovel, like, and then Jimmy Garoppolo, you you throw like dirt, the ball, you know, throw it out of bounds. Like just don't make an happy even man. Which we've seen so many times, just that double triple waddle where he rescinds from the pressure. And, and it's like, I get you're trying to buy time, but you don't have that luxury here. Like it's like, bad Brendel bad on the punt return bad play call bad Jimmy like you have bad on bad on bad on bad and it was just you it wasn't one thing like if you would say okay you know if Jimmy does that at the 40 yard line okay whatever Zach you you punt the ball you know or you have a pick six which would be even worse but or you know if Kyle calls a bad play call at the 30 yard line okay whatever you have a fumbled snap but you're able to you know to, to get play the field position game. Okay. Whatever it's, it's when you have mistakes that start compounding into horrible mistakes. And, and that was what was so frustrating. Like you, every time you'd have, you'd get something good. It was one step forward, two steps back. And you, you'd get like, we had a big Jeff Wilson run. And then the very next play, we have a, an illegal shift penalty. I mean, come on. Like you're, you're knocking on, on the door to score and you're doing silly things like that. Like it was just the whole game was one thing or another. And yes, it, it, there was a lot of bad Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, let's, let's there's, we can't dance around that. Uh, to me, the only problem I have with, with that narrative is that it overshadows everything else. It acts like if Jimmy had just played really well, then we would have had this great offensive performance. I think if Jimmy plays really well, we put up like 16, 17 points. Right. You know, I, I, I just didn't see enough good from the rest of the team. And you go and I mean, and you can see that from other teams around the league, you know, this last week, like that happened in Tampa Bay there, you know, Tom Brady and their offense, Tom Brady played pretty well. The rest of the offense played really poorly. They scored 12 points. You know, you can have your quarterback play really well and you don't score a lot of points. This is one that the entire offense is like Kyle said in his presser. He said second half, nobody did well, including me, you know, him. You know, so that's what you saw. 
Yeah, man, I, I, I'm with you. I agree. I mean, this bad on bad and just multiple mistakes and, you know, whether it was McGlinchey or whether it was penalties or a play call or, you know, Burford who finally showed that he was a rookie or, you know, I think Rendell, who's probably been the most consistently non-positive uh, offensive starter uh, to this point. I, I don't know a better way to phrase that. Now, Sean asked this. He says, what is one mistake we made a lot that you predict will get fixed this week? Um, it seems like when the 49ers play the Rams, they kind of get on the right track a little bit. A 6-1 and one against them in their last seven games. Rams defense has not been good. Um, they, they have been getting gashed nonstop. So uh, of all the stuff that we've kind of already alluded to offensively, what is one thing that you think will get on the right track this week, Monday Night Football? I would like to see the short, the the quick passing game get more on track. Um, we don't set up well to to drop five, seven step dropbacks. Uh, when you when you have Trent Williams out, I can almost guarantee. You, I mean, if you're Aaron Donald, how excited are you for this game? You got Burford, a rookie, at one guard spot. You got Brendel at the center spot. You can handle either one of those guys, or you can kick out to end and take on either McGlinchey or Colton McKivitz. I mean. Is there a matchup if you're Aaron Donald that you don't like? And if you're the defensive coordinator for the Rams, you're thinking, I can put Aaron Donald anywhere on this line, and they cannot scheme around him consistently. They're going to move him around. I, that's what I see uh, going into Monday night is Donald's going to be all over the line because yeah. they're going to keep moving him around so that we cannot account for him consistently. They're not going to give us a, a, a set. Okay. Aaron Donald's going to be over here. We can slide the line to his side and double him up. They're not going to allow that. So you have to take advantage of the quick passing game. That's where I see Kittle um, being really important. The Rams like to play a lot of man coverage. That means you're probably going to have Wagner on Kittle. Wagner is not a great cover guy. Uh, and I'm not, I don't think the Rams have really good cover linebackers. So that's a matchup that I like. Uh, they might try and put a safety on him, which, you know, we can, we've seen Kittle is pretty good against safeties. If they go zone, then I see that's where Debo can work over the areas that, that Wagner's going to be. Um, you know, that's where you put him in the backfield and you tack that area. So I, to me, I see quick passing game. That will be really key. Uh, and then can we use that to open up the run game? So a uh, couple things because I want to – man, there's two or three questions. I want to go down some rabbit holes uh, based off your answer, which was awesome. Uh, real quick in the chat, um, some people are saying they're not getting notifications. YouTube is failing them. I attached the uh, link in the chat. The problem is I, I've talked to YouTube 20-plus times. Uh, it's StreamYard, which is where we go live with and – it's just a whole mess, but you can fix it on your end. It won't allow us to do anything on our end. I attached that link in the chat there. Uh, if you want to join us for that now, let's, I want to focus on Kittle. When Trent Williams went down, which was awful, uh, safety pick six play, uh, the trifecta uh, of darkness took place. It seemed like they kept Kittle blocking in so much more after that. Um, do you think, they're going to continue that trend and keep Kittle much more back in pass pro. I mean, there were times where Dwelly was running routes and Kittle was basically the right tackle. Uh, where and so do y'all do you believe that they will versus the Rams? Is Kittle going to get his expected routes or is he going to be used much more as a blocker? 
I would hope he gets his routes because I, I think that's where you have the matchup win. If Kyle doesn't, I'll be sorely disappointed. Um, you know, I, 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 I think a lot of that had to do, and I don't, you know, you probably saw this too. We, we really struggled with them bringing jewel on a blitz. Uh, the whole night. Um, and they weren't even always just blitzing him. A lot of times it was creeper blitzes where they would rush jewel off the linebacker spot and they would drop an end. And we were having to keep six in just to account for everybody mm-hmm. a lot um, because the line was not, was not picking those up. Um, and so I would hope that that would get ironed out. That se- that seemed to me like a band aid during the game. Um and so I, I would hope that he would get more involved in the passing game. Uh, I mean, he's a great blocker, but he's 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 a guy that you have to be able to exploit that matchup. Yeah. And so, OK, now here's my other question. This started with the Rams, those stinkers. Um, we saw him start doing the five and six man fronts. They were the first kind of to do it against the 49ers and just said, you know what? We're going to clog the middle of the field. We're going to stop the run. We're going to make Jimmy throw it deeper outside the numbers, which he has proven he has yet to do. And if you go to the Broncos game, you get the touchdown drive early on the second drive of the game. You come out the very next series, five-man overloaded front with five D linemen. You know, it's not your traditional 3-4 type setup. They had five D linemen out there and basically a gap defense. You even saw some six D line fronts versus the Broncos, and it shut the offense down. Now... We're going against the Rams, the architect of this gap-style defense against the Niners. How in the world do the 49ers finally have success against that six-man front? And again, this is the answer, right? This is why you draft Trey Lance. Uh, But it didn't pan out the way that you had hoped to. Uh, What do we do with Jimmy and this offense now to defeat that stacked front? Yeah, so that's an interesting kind of rabbit hole. Uh, I'll try not to get too deep down that rabbit hole because so it, it, you actually, if you look back to the Super Bowl Patriots Rams, right? That was what Bill Belichick came out with against the Rams in the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. and it, it shocked everybody. And they went, "Okay," because the Rams were so wide zone heavy. You know, obviously McVay coming from Shanahan, it was very wide zone heavy, and so he was running that six, five, and six man front against the Rams in the Super Bowl. They they just completely shut down a high powered Rams offense that Super Bowl and everybody goes wow okay they've cracked this uh this wide zone Shanahan scheme offense like how to how to defeat it so that was 2018 right um 2019 comes around 2020 we play the Patriots okay uh, it was uh, Jimmy had, was just coming back it was after the horrible Dolphins game he had the ankle injury uh, we play the Patriots. The Patriots came out and tried to do the same thing. Okay. I remember I remember looking at the film, and this was one thing that was so fascinating to me when I went and watched that game a couple of years ago was the cat and mouse game with, with Shanahan and Belichick because Belichick was running six-man fronts, and it was the same thing. It was almost like six D linemen. Okay. Um, and and we ended up scoring 33 that game. Yeah. And Shanahan was constantly doing things to take advantage of the six-man. He'd go five-man and he would throw it. And it was interesting because he threw it more against the five man than he threw it against the six man. And it had to do, he was running a lot of screens against the six man because it had to do with how many, what numbers advantage you could get and using the screen game as, a, as an extension of the run game. And every time the, the Patriots would go five man, they would run man coverage. And then he was using the matchups of Ayuk and Kittle in man coverage. Um, they were winning their matchups. And so we were able to do that. And we, we completely uh, dominated 
the Patriots. It was their worst home loss in like 20 years for the Patriots. Yeah, rushed for almost 200 yards that game, if I remember right. Right. Like, I mean, they were just doing whatever they wanted. Right, and it was it was a really interesting matchup there. Okay, now fast forward to 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 last year's NFC Championship game. We're coming out. We're seeing that same six man front. I think there was also a big element of surprise there um, because when you look at the previous six games we played against the Rams, Rams didn't run that front. Like they they weren't running that front heavy the whole time. And you know it reminds me. I'm, I'm a big history nerd, so I'll try not to get too deep into this. Sometimes losers in wars have the advantage the next time the the, the countries fight. Uh, Germany had this during World War II. They were the loser World War One, and what they did is they went and they looked at. They spent ten years figuring out why they lost, and they came up with a bunch of new tactics to say this is why we lost. We're going to change the way we're doing this because we obviously couldn't win, so we need to do something different. And they attacked in a different way. A life and plan, right? Oh, my man Johnny, I love and, it. <laughs> and uh, and the the allies, the winners, they didn't know what to change because they had won. So they're sitting there going, okay, you know, when they when they were coming out to war, they said we can do the same thing we did before because we're better at this. And so they they had the exact same defensive plan that they had in 1914 when it was 1940. And it was destroyed by new tactics and new strategy. That's a lot of what I saw in the NFC championship game. The Rams had been beat six times. They said we cannot win the way we've been trying to play defense. We can't we can't win in this way. They came out and they ran a different defense than they ran. And so there, I think there was some of that with the the change in in defensive style, because there were some things that like, honestly, our offensive line was very confused. I remember we had a third and one and we ran a power play and both guards pulled and ran into each other. And it was like, you know, what what is going on in your head to where you guys can't figure out what the call was along this line? Right. And you saw so many breakdowns in pass protection. You saw so many breakdowns in the run game of guys not handing guys off. You know, so there was a serious lack of preparation against that front. Now, again, that to me, that says this week they're going to the 49ers are on the other side of that. And they're going to say, OK, if you're going to come out in the six man front, we're going to we're going to do something to me. That means spread it out. I think you have to spread out against the six man front because um, I, I looked at a lot of games this week. I looked at Tampa. Tampa Bay Green Bay. I looked at, uh, I went back and looked at Chicago Green Bay. I went and looked at uh, the LA and Cardinals game. And what you're also seeing too around the league is a lot of these condensed splits like we love to do. Kyle loves to bring those receivers in close to the line because he loves crackdown blocks. He loves mm -hmm. those to get on the edge. Um, a lot of teams are running, are, are pretty much stacking the box area with that they're condensing along with it and they're saying look if you're going to throw it you're and you want to try and go deep you're going to have to get through all this crowd and beat our safeties with speed and and there's not many teams that are able to have long-term success against this i mean uh, like i said the green bay tampa game tampa was not able to do much and they were trying they were doing the same thing i mean a lot of these formations were just like shannon has very condensed splits green bay was was defending them very similarly bring up five, six men on the line, put nine, 10 guys in the box and Green Bay or in Tampa struggled against that. So to me, when you look at the success we had against Denver, it was from that drive. We spread it out. We yeah. spread it out more. You're because now you're having bigger bodies in space. And it was like, it was so frustrating because after that drive, then all of a sudden it was like, we didn't spread out anymore. 
None. And we went right back to those condensed splits. And not only that, like Bobby here, I appreciate the comment. He says, I think Denver might be the best defense we face maybe all year. So I think moving forward offense should do better. Yeah, it's definitely a top echelon for what we're going against. And, you know, we're used to the Rams being kind of a top five defense. They're very far from it. Uh, Falcons torched them. Um, and now, having, having said that, like, you're right. My biggest issue of probably the whole game, that touchdown drive, you get a quick slant to Iuke. You get another kind of drag to Ayuk, and then you get the touchdown to Ayuk. He did not have a catch after six minutes into the first quarter. Brandon Ayuk had zero catches. Now, they did get some targets to him, and I do have to say Patrick Sertan definitely locked him up a couple of times, so it's not like it's just, uh, oh, Kyle or Jimmy or whatever. No, there were some plays where it was man-to-man coverage on the backside of the three-by-one sets. Did you know that you can now win up to 100 Times your money on prize picks with as little as four correct picks. You can turn $10 into a thousand with basketball, hockey, college basketball entries today on prize picks, America's number one fantasy sports app. And here's what's great it, it, you can get action on sports on more than 30 different states across the country, including California, Texas, and Georgia. On top of that, you got playoff basketball actions on the horizon, and this is the best place to take advantage of all of basketball's postseason actions. Some of these player props. Nikolai Jokic for over 10 rebounds. Anthony Davis more than two blocks. Lillard, four three-pointers made. You get to pick exactly how you want to use your bets. So download the app today. Use code 49ers49ERS for a deposit match up to 100 Again, that's promo code 49ers for a first deposit matchup up to $100 over on prize picks. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. 
Ayuk.com. Where you finally got your man coverage with Ayuk, and Sertan just put it on him, or Jimmy threw the ball behind, or too high, or like Ayuk won a lot of those reps. We just didn't take advantage of it. So my question to you, Johnny, how much is – everybody focuses on Debo in the run game, and I get that. But Ayuk in the passing game, I just think is such a difference maker that sometimes we tend to forget. Am I wrong? No, you're not. You're not wrong at all. Uh, I would be. I would completely agree. And you know, one thing, like you said, there there was a couple of those reps that Sertan just really shut down Ayuk. And there's some of those plays that Kyle is literally is saying, "Okay, Ayuk, you're our first round wide receiver. You're in your third year." Okay, we're going to trust you on this. We're going to we're going to isolate you over there and force them to double you. And I don't feel like he ever really made him say, "Oh, okay, we got to double this guy." Um, he had, like you said, he won some reps and he did good. But I never saw I never saw that like what you would expect a top receiver in the league to be. And that's what we need Ayuk to be. Look, I love Ayuk with the ball in his hands. I love him as a re- as mostly as a receiver. I want to see him elevate to be that number one receiver that you really need to take your offense to the, to the point where you can do that, where, because it opens up so much more of your offense. When you, when you force that team to say, this guy has to be accounted for, it was like green Bay versus us last year. Okay. Like we had to start playing defense differently because of Devonte Adams. Yeah, we had to. Okay. And, and you say, well, that's Devonte Adams. Well, yeah, that's who I should be. If we're asking, if he's the number 25 overall pick in the draft, and he's in his third year. That's who we expect. And, you know, like I look at the stutter and go that we ran to him. We we isolated him over there. It was it was bump and run man coverage. He's running a stutter and go. And there was no separation. I mean, it would have required an absolutely perfect throw from Jimmy Garoppolo to, to complete that pass. And you um, can see his body language. He was upset because, I mean, he had a half of a step. Like, it could have been completed. But yeah. Jimmy's but not. The, the, and the window is so small. I mean, yeah. you look at at the percentages on, on throws like that or even still when, when, a corner, when a receiver has a step, it's only like 40%. You know, it's a really low percentage throw. You need him to be you know, that guy that that catch radius is big, you know, that, that was Gronk when, when Brady had him for so long, you could isolate him out there on the outside. And I mean, he, he had that massive catch radius that that's what a Mike Evans is, you know? So let me play devil's advocate because Charvarius Ward had Cortland Sutton locked down perfectly. Yeah. And it was a perfect back shoulder frayed from Russell Wilson. And that was the one touchdown drive they had where it was like inside the 15, I think on the um, defensive left side, offensive right side. Um, and it was completed. Now, in that, this is the difference in the game. Russell made a couple fourth quarter plays. Jimmy went negative in the fourth quarter on those sure. kind of crucial plays. Um, and so I don't think it's on Ayuk as much. But you're right, Ayuk. It right. is on Ayuk some for sure. It's not a. Yeah, yeah, I, I yeah. Think it, and it, and it I'm I'm not saying I'm not saying it's all on Ayuk. What I'm saying is, looking at Jimmy and saying Jimmy doesn't make that a perfect throw. It, that can that can cover up. Well, why didn't Ayuk win a little bit better? Why didn't he win better on the dig? Yeah, that you know Jimmy missed missed the wide open Debo, but Ayuk is still not winning his dig route. Which I mean that like both concern me. That one really concerns me. Missing Debo, miss Ayuk not beating Sertan, who's you know he's a very good corner, but we bring Ayuk in to be that guy. That concerns me too. 
you know, neither one is good. And that's why I'm saying it's bad on bad. It's bad yep. that Jimmy misses that. It's also bad that Ayuk doesn't win on his route and we have nothing on the play. Yep. And, you know, that's bad on bad. And I, I look at it like, like, yes, Russell Wilson hit that perfect back shoulder throw. Jimmy also hit the same same throw to use check. Yeah. Explain, like, that's I, true. And, and that's, that's true. The, that's the Jimmy G experience. Like, that is what is, uh, I said that in the video, like, you can throw a you can throw a perfect back shoulder throw to a fullback who makes a tiptoe like that is one of the best like fullback throws and catches I've ever seen. But then you can't you you miss some rudimentary like you you miss Debo uh, streaking down the field and you you miss the curl fit like that's the Jimmy G experience. He's gonna prove some he's gonna prove everybody right at some point in the game. It's you know, no like, in advanced calculus, but you can't add or subtract. Like right, it's just like right. these are the easy ones. You're doing these complex ones with this insanity. I mean, that was a great play. Now, yeah. before I want I want to transition a little bit. Go ahead. I want you to finish this thought, then we're going to transition to defense. I want to talk some defense okay. with you shortly. Go ahead. Um, but I guess where where I, I come back on it is um is that yes, Russell Wilson made that one throw, but you also see how many other shots he missed. Oh, he was you bad. Know, you know, he missed a lot of those deep shots. And so we can say, well, he completed the one and that was the difference in the game. Well, Jimmy completed one and missed others. Russell completed one and missed a bunch of others. I don't know if that's the defense, the, the, the difference in the game. I think the difference in the game was just overall bad play and trying to jam a ball in to the tiniest of window that didn't even exist. Um, <laughs> you know, which is a Jimmy thing. Like he thinks, he thinks that he sees this itty bitty bitty window and thinks he can jam it in there. Um, but it's like, if, if Ayuk, we want him to be that number one receiver. I want him to be in the conversation with the Devonte Adams. I want him to be in the, but I'm not seeing him defeat man coverage consistently enough to be like that guy that, that you go, this is a guy that's going to scare the defense that when they're game planning, they're going to say, okay, we have, we've got to make sure this guy does not, does not have a game. They're doing that over Debo. Okay. They can do that to a point over Kittle. I don't know if, if defenses are coming in and they're saying, okay, we, we have to make sure this guy doesn't have a game. I think they're coming in saying, okay, Pat, you got him and we can take care of everything else. That's how I feel like. And so, you know, what I want to see is him him elevate to the point where teams have to account for him at all times. He needs to be that Mike Evans. He needs to be that Devontae Adams. And maybe, you know, with Trey Lance, their chemistry will be better. Lance will be able to put the ball in a better spot, and and they can do that. I just haven't seen what I want to see is him. Now, ball in his hands? Man, the guy guy's fantastic. Um, but I want to see him take, you know, just elevate a little bit more out of his game. I like it. I like it. Now, before we jump into some defense, real quick word from our sponsor. You know football, and you pick winners all the time, so why not get paid for them in my bookie? Best single game spreads, money lines, parlays, teasers, multiple. You put it all together, increase your payouts, however it is you want to go bet. They've got individual game lines, stats, who makes playoffs, who doesn't. Now, what's even better about it, Low-cost entry fees on over half a million dollars to be won. Make it so you don't have to be a pro gambler to have fun. And that's what's awesome. You can bet a little bit. I'm an entertainment guy. I don't put a whole bunch on there. But getting started is easy. 
You just head to mybookie.ag, use our promo code 49ERS on your first deposit. They're going to double it all the way up, a dollar for dollar, up to $1,000 on your first deposit. So again, use our promo code 49ERS, double it all the way up to 1000 bucks. MyBookie is a proven sports book that makes it simple to bet and win. We've used them for over five years now. So make this your winning season exclusively at MyBookie. Okay, the 49ers defense has been unworldly. Um, the best, maybe the best is I can remember. It's only through three games, so we'll have to see. And people are like, oh, well, look who they played. Denver has had a top offense yardage-wise, and we're still shut down. Um, now, I think the star of perhaps the team or the defense has been Talano Hufanga. I mean, he has been as fun to watch as possible. Now, everybody all offseason was saying, oh, he's such a liability in coverage. He's such a liability in coverage. What have you seen so far through three weeks? Man, the, the, he looks like a different player back there. He really does. Like, when when I saw him as a rookie, you know, that was my, my concern. I went, okay, you know, Tart was a guy who – wasn't a playmaker necessarily. He didn't make a lot of big splash plays and he obviously had the, the dropped. Yeah. I don't even want to say it. I don't even want to say it. I wasn't going to say anything because now I'm going to get all those emails. We we know, we know, (laughs) we know. Okay. But he was a guy that was rarely in the wrong place and he had a really good closing speed. Um, And you know, it was, I, I was sitting there like, man, that was the thing I didn't see from Hafanga in his rookie year was that the hips seemed a little stiff. He, he didn't seem to always, you know, have that burst to close uh, in the open field. Something happened, you know, with him. He, that, he, that dude just took his game to the stratosphere. And I don't know if it's his just anticipation is better. Um, if he if his training was better. But, man, he looks like a completely different player. He doesn't look like a second-year player. He looks like a six-year vet right now um, and is just playing some outstanding football. Now, some of that has been the amazing play of Deshaun Gibson. Uh, he has been a huge – like, he's come in and played really, really well, and it's allowed Hafanga to play very aggressively because if he drives on something really aggressively, Gibson's going to be there – as a safety net. He's played so good. He's Did played you so see good. Sherman's Richard Sherman's comments. This yeah. Saying like, that Tayshawn Gibson has played well enough to the fact that Jimmy Ward could possibly come in at nickel and then shift Ward back to free safety on passing downs. I'm not opposed to it. How crazy is it that we have three solid nickels? Demo was incredible. Samuel Womack comes in, plays outside corner for two plays and forces a fumble. I mean, like, who would have developed this idea that perhaps guard and nickel quarter are two strengths of our team, Um, which I understand there were some issues this week with uh, Burford, the rookie. But uh, I don't know. Like, the personnel, we we build these narratives and we assess our roster and we say, okay, man, strong safety is an issue. Nickel corner is an issue. Guard's going to be an issue. None of those are issues this year. I mean, it's it's quite – it's so interesting because, you know – it kind of takes me back on the whole, like, you know, you can't trust Kyle, can't trust John. Obviously, these guys do know, you know, some of what they're doing because they keep finding these gems that just, you know, are not highly touted that that all of us go, 
I don't know about that. And then, you know, Hafanga, I mean, he literally looks like he could be defensive player of the year right now. And, yep. and that, that that's not homerism. That's not fan thing. Literally, I mean, you see, it literally looks like the second coming of Palomalu. And it's crazy. And it's not just the hair. Like, that's the thing. It's it's the style of play and the hair adds to it. I mean, you're like. Yeah, it's incredible. Did, did, did I, I forget did I, one of the NFL like <laughs> legends tweeted that out. Is Palomalo out there? Who was it? Uh, somebody throw up in the chat there. Uh, who was it that tweeted that out during the game uh, asking, is Palomalo playing for the Niners again? Uh, like, and you just see it. Uh, Sean, I want to say thank you for the gift, man. Thank you, Sean Ferris. Awesome, dude. He says, Johnny C and Johnny, um, pick your offensive player who has been great on film every game thus far and pick another one who you believe will be better. I'll start us off, Aaron Banks. Aaron Banks has been so consistent. Um, There's been some issues. I mean, he's not perfect. But if you could have told me Aaron Banks would be this good three weeks in after not playing at all last year, I, I mean, I just couldn't have bought it. But uh, Aaron Banks has been one of the offensive players for me that's been consistent. How about you, Johnny? Yeah, I mean, I would say Banks or Trent Williams. Um, you know, Trent Trent had a few things week one, but man, uh, he was phenomenal in Seattle and was doing a really good job there in Denver up until he got hurt. Um, man, that's going to be such a big loss. I, I would say say one of those two guys, that left side of that offensive line has, has been pretty darn good. Um, they haven't been perfect, like you said, but you know, it, part of it is too, when you start looking across the board, you go, I, I don't know if I can say the same thing about anybody else. Uh, we've had a couple uh, lackluster offensive performances. Yeah, fair enough. And one that I think will uh, get better I think Colton McKivitz played a really good couple of series whenever he got in there. There's no Von Miller out there this weekend coming in. Um, so that that's one that I'm pretty excited about. Uh, Jalen Moore was about as bad as you could possibly be. But I, I, I thought he may get cut this week. He was so bad. Uh, either move him horrible. to guard. Either move him to guard or it's, it's done. Which he should have been a guard. But they drafted him. They said he was a guard. And they keep playing him a tackle. It just ain't it. It ain't it. Uh, Shot Jay, I want to say thank you, man. He says, uh, I'm excited. Jumped on my bookie this week with the code. Double your initial deposit. Man, we had probably one of our worst weeks we've had in three years betting. And we went three for nine, uh, which isn't too bad. But it definitely way below our standards. I'm excited. Uh, we're going to have a good week this week. Uh, we'll have all of those posted up on our Patreon page, which if you haven't joined our Patreon yet, Come on, it's the best way to support the show. Patreon.com slash 40 hours rush podcast. Every offensive snap, defensive snap, special team snaps from the last two years, um, and then some. So head over there, support us there. Now, a couple other questions that have come through, and I just want to say shout out to this chat, man. You guys are crushing it. Um, do you think that Kyle has become too predictable? I think anytime you have an offensive system for a long time and it starts to struggle, that's the concern. Um, I think what you're what you see is there's an ebb and flow in the NFL. Uh, you know, back when back when Kyle's in 2015, 2016, the Seattle three was really popular as a defense in the NFL. And Kyle's offense comes in and starts doing really well against it. Um, Kyle spent a lot of time working against it. Uh, his coaches start spreading the league. And in response to that, you're seeing a lot more of this Fangio style defense that we saw in 2011, 12, 13, and 14. 
And that seems to play really well against this wide zone based scheme. And you're seeing a lot of teams. Now I think you're seeing the Fangio come in as a response to the, to the Shanahan scheme. And so I don't know if it's just Kyle being necessarily predictable. I mean, you have a monsoon in week one, we put up 27 points should have been 30 points. If not for a block field goal week two. And then we have a, just a, a horrible game. I don't know if it's, too predictable especially when you're seeing plays left on the field i i do think that jimmy was really struggling with the matching concepts of denver it was very much a a fangio style defense there in denver um so uh that will be the the thing going forward is how does kyle adjust the offense to this the the more you know kind of quarter shell look because essentially what you have is you have four defensive backs playing with the 10 yard cushion in man coverage um, I mean, that's that's almost what it's like because they're matching in, in, in transitioning to man at any route deeper than eight yards. So it does become difficult to to necessarily go deep on them. It's designed to, to keep everything short. You have to you have to attack the short outside a lot. You have to attack the sh- around the, the hashes inside a lot. And you, you don't want to go over the middle a ton because that's where they sit the safeties. If there's if they're not being threatened deep, they're going to crash down. And we saw some of that. Okay. It's and, Jimmy's nightmare. Yeah. And so, you know, how does Kyle adjust to this going forward? I don't think he's necessarily becoming predictable. I think they're having to figure out and remember, they're also rebuilding their playbook from the offseason. They were not expecting Jimmy to be with the team. They were they were building an offense around Trey and that went down the tubes. So they're rebuilding an offense here. So I think all of that coming in, you know, leads to what you see in Denver, along with just poopy play. What do you what do you think? Do you think Kyle's coming? becoming too predictable i i think you know part of what makes kyle in this outside zone work so well is that there's so many wrinkles within every single play call that can beat an overcorrection by the defense and uh, observe natural evolution says kyle adjust uh laughing emoji but i'll say this we saw adjustments from kyle in this game right he takes he declines the penalty they get the field goal exact same situation a quarter later he takes the penalty he admitted he was wrong he admitted he was wrong with the play calling he admitted like these are new kyle things so if this comment was there last week i would have been laughing with you however i don't know um I don't I'm hoping this is the start of a new trend for Kyle Shanahan. And I'm just we're just gonna allow it to play out the way that it could. Shout out to Rook who said uh, Charles Woodson. Charles Woodson was the one who said is Paul uh, Paul playing for the 49ers currently and one of the greatest movies of all time, Major League. I uh, love the reference here, Sh- uh, Shot J. Joe Boo got more chickens for you. You better be listening this week. If not, then forget you, Joe Boo. Uh, <laughs> um, shout out to the Allstate guy. Um, I love Major League. Such a great movie. Such a great movie. Now, before we get out of here, and Johnny, I just want to say thank you for your time. And more importantly, thank you for what you do for the, the community. As a content creator myself, whenever I can watch a channel or a video and learn, um, it is incredible. Uh, football, I mean, I've, I've coached for over a decade and, you know, done all these player breakdowns but i still learn where can we catch your content uh what's your schedule like so that we know when to look for it please share with us how we can find all of your stuff so you can find me on youtube johnny dells football academy like you see it on the screen there uh you can also find me on twitter at johnny dells i've been more active this year on twitter than i have in a while Uh, i was you know as a millennial like twitter was something (laughs) i was like i don't know about this space because i you know i 
I can ramble. I, I know I can. And so Twitter just like I don't function really well in a space that limits me to 160 characters. Like my mind can't work in that space very well. Uh, plus, you have some really unhinged people on Twitter. Um, you know, so you can but but I am working that way uh and those are the two most common places you can find me uh and we normally i push a video out tuesday night um i usually start working on it monday night and it's an all-day affair tuesday uh usually push it out between 7 30 and uh, 9 30 pacific time just depends on how long the editing takes uh and how long youtube People don't understand take. like no. we don't just get to go live and it's just there like it's, yeah. it's a lot man yeah it's a lot um and then I'm trying to put out some more content near the end of the week. I am doing a video that will be going live tomorrow night. Um, I'm recording it tomorrow with a Rams film guy. Uh, we're getting together and we're going to uh, look at what we expect just from both of our perspectives. He he watches a lot of film on the Rams. I obviously cover the Niners. And we're going to get together and uh, maybe some sparks will fly. That'll be interesting. Um I doubt it. He sounded like a really nice guy, but uh, <laughs> uh, so we'll do that tomorrow night. Also, you can find me on Spotify for those episodes that will be near the end of the week. Again, Johnny Dell's football Academy. Dude, love it. Um, and if you haven't yet, uh, we are going to be partying in Charlotte, which I'm so excited about. We're going to be at Graham Street Pub and Patio Saturday night, uh, starting 6 p.m. Going to be an awesome hangout the night before the game. And then we got a tailgate set up, man. I'm super excited about ta at Town Brewing Company. We're going to party there, uh, watch some games, all that stuff, unlimited food, beer, seltzer, all that kind of stuff, and then walk to the game together, which was probably one of my favorite things from Denver. Yeah, we got to hang out with navarro bowman that was incredible that's awesome walking with a mob of people through the denver crowd of all niners fans i mean it was just it was fun man it, it was a really really good time um so again thank you so much johnny any closing thoughts or anything you want to share before we jump out of here Man, just thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Uh, you do some great stuff. I wish I could catch more of your stuff. I try and jump on when you're when you're when I see you go live. I have the notification set on mine. I don't follow. I will be honest. I do not jump into many content creators and stuff. I mean, you know how it is when you're putting out a lot of stuff. You're you're busy, uh, so you can't make time for everybody. But I will always make time for the John Chapman show. That's good people. Um, that's good people right there. That's how good your content is. You know, so you are one of the, one of the 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 good ones out here and so people if you have not gotten on his patreon you get with the program i Dude. mean you are missing out I appreciate that, Johnny, man. That means a lot. Well, guys, you've been awesome. That's going to do it for us now. We will be back at 1 p.m. today on YouTube uh, with Brian McFadden of Legit Football looking at NFC as a whole. So you can come back and join us for that at 1. And until next time, guys, stay strong, faithful. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. 
Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.